Welcome to episode 52 of Something Like That podcast. Yes, I am on it again. I'm sorry for the delay, but guess what? I'm cooking up some stew for y'all, and I got some podcasts coming up later in the week. But today, I will be reviewing Judas and the Black Messiah. Great movie. I will be talking about the parallels of oppression that appeared almost 60 years ago and plus and beyond tell what's going on today so i have to vent and i'm telling you why i'm tired of us getting treated like this but someone got to talk about it and i will be talking about it amongst other people that will be coming on on my podcast so sit back relax and just hit that play button i got you covered Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 52 or something like that. Yes, it's been a while since I've been on a mic, but I said, let me get back up here. I said, I need to talk to my people. I need to tap in. I've been doing a lot of work, man. I've, I've been, um, you know, just just grinding and working and grinding, working more, grinding more. And, you know, really just trying to get to it, man. And Working on different podcasts, you know, I, I got a podcast because I am the president of the Connecticut Mental Health Counselors Association. So I'm creating a podcast over there in that space. I got a podcast with my ladies. Uh, it's called Eminem. Then I also got Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast, which is my baby. But, you know, just working, man, just grinding. So I said last week, no, two weeks ago, I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to do me a podcast. I'm going to get back up here and talk to my fans, but I wasn't able to because I just started just relaxing and chilling. Self-care is really important. I just I just want to let y'all know that self-care is very important. So I got on my self-care joint and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And, and I never got to it. So I apologize, but I am here. I am ready to get to this, man. Yes, I'm, I, I am ready to get to this. So today I just want to come to you. I just tell you how I feel, man. I, I, I got a review for the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, the movie that came out, you know, um, which is which is really good. Let me get the let me get the young man's name because I always get his name mixed up, man. And I just want to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. Uh, it is. Let me see. Here. OK, it is Daniel Kaloya. Kaluuya. If you don't know, he was in the movie Get Out, the black guy. And it also Latif, Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. And Dominique Fishback, uh, Jesse Plemons. Really good movie. Really good movie, man. Really good movie. And it, it's for me watching that, you know, being a black man who's very conscious about what's going on. Like it pissed me off to the highest level. Not because, you know, they went through that and we're over. It's because we're still going through that. Like, that's the part that pissed me off, man. And um, yesterday I was in a training and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a politician, but I still like to know what's going on. I still like to get up on my leadership stuff. So I attended this training and basically it was basically like you just got to be a dog out there amongst sharks and you got to be a shark out there amongst dogs. But it didn't which I expected. It didn't address any of the, you know, issues that plague uh, black and brown people. But I, 
I wasn't tripping off of it. I said, okay, cool. And I told my lady, I said, listen, you have to take what you can get and push it to our agenda. Make sure that we straight. And she said, yeah, but it just seemed like every time we work so hard, we got to keep pushing and pushing while they just get whatever. And I said, yes, you, you know, you are right. But that's why we got to get people in different areas and different avenues. Like we got to have people who deal with politics. It's black people who love to do that work. I don't. I'm more of the groundwork. Let me address the education because that's where they plaguing and putting a poison in our kids' heads and our heads. Um, let me also, you know, get on this board so we can dress this, so we can dress that, so I can, you know, meet with these movers and shakers because I'm not trying to kiss ass too much, but I'm also humble. You know, if I got to do what I need to do for my people, then so be it. But I'm also not going to sit here and just say, well, okay, well, since you told me to do this, this is what I'm going to do because it's going to help my people. And is it really going to help my people or is it going to help them push your agenda? So I said, okay, cool. I'm just going to be cool and, you know, go through that. But it's another training coming up next week. And I'm going to attend that again because I think that it has some great qualities talking about leadership. Um, it's, it's, it's called the Yale Campaign School, uh, which is which is really cool, you know, just, just to see some African-American and, you know, brown people and people of color, you know, getting into this space. So I thought it was really dope. I love it. And, and I'm attending another, you know, um, episode or, or session, if you will. I said episode because I'm talking about a podcast. But it, it did have some great points and, you know, it did help. It was talking about how you can present yourself. Also, one thing that I like, it was talking about the speaking portion. How you can cut off the ums and but that that you know just get to the point. So I'm going to be using some of that today. So that's 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 what I'm going to be using. So yeah, man. Um, see, I'm saying it already. I'm saying um, I'm gonna try to cut those up. But I watched Judas and the Black Messiah yesterday, and I was pissed off. But I felt inspired and motivated. If you don't know who it's about, it's about uh, Fred Hampton. Um, he was the uh, chairman of the um, Black Panther Party in Illinois. 21 years old. Brother was definitely phenomenal, groundbreaking, ahead of his time. Prior to being um, in the Black Panther Party, he was part of the NAACP. You know, organized a lot of rallies and things that, were to help the advancement of black people. And I thought it was dope. So I'm watching this movie. One, I love acting. You know, like, that's my goal. I want to be an actor because when you can get the essence out of a person onto screen and make people feel like this is who that person is and, and, and it shows up in every sense of the word, I think that is just so dope and that's what this movie did. And it was just like, wow, just so powerful. You know, Fred Hampton was definitely before my time. And he was someone who was leading the charge. And it wasn't just, oh, we're going to have a black person who is mean. And, and let me just take a step back, right? If you guys don't know, the Black Panther Party, they were a group of black men and women who were leading the charge to get civil equalities for African-Americans and 
black and brown people. That's what they were doing. And Fred Hampton, being a chairman, he wanted, and he also created what's called the Rainbow Coalition. If you guys are familiar with Jesse Jackson, you hear Jesse Jackson talk about the Rainbow Coalition. And the Rainbow Coalition is different from what a lot of people see now with uh, LGBTQ. The Rainbow Coalition was getting people from different areas, black, white, Spanish, Asian, all over to come together and fight against the oppression on which America has placed on the poor people. Once you realize that, you know, yes, you know, being white, you have a leg up. But then you realize being white is cool if you don't have the financial backing. So a lot of the whites around that time, they were also getting treated pretty unfairly. But of course the news wasn't showing that. The news was showing black people getting beaten, but also showing black people creating this issues because the blacks were to be um, horrible people, monsters. So if I create this narrative, if I create a picture where you look like every monster that I can ever think of, then guess what? I'm scared of you and we need to put you away because if we put you away, then I don't have to justify killing of you and of your people. And just the way it was displayed and just, just the way Fred Hampton was just, just moving and shaking and pushing was so great and so groundbreaking at that time again of course he looked older back then they i, I always joke and say that they always looked older but fred hampton was showing something in like i don't mind if i die for this because i'm already living in hell i'm already getting treated like shit anyway so when you're watching the movie again some spoilers but i don't want to tell too much i'm just i'm just i'm just going to tell from from my point of view just the way that he handled it, just the way that he kept pushing and, you know, prying. And sometimes we get to a point where when it's too much, we don't want to do it anymore. But this man sacrificed himself and this man kept pushing and pushing because he knew that I am only a vessel and I was sent here to help. That's why he's called the Black Messiah, because he was sent here as a vessel for his people. And I'm watching that, and it was just so beautiful. And, of course, and whenever I get finished watching a movie, I always have to go do my research. So I end up going down a rabbit hole. Being from New Haven, I think that's where the Panthers got. You know, just, just to know being from New Haven is like, that's where the Panthers really, you know, sparked and got the attention of the FBI because the killing, um, well, you know, uh, Kimbrough, Always, always, always heard this story. You know, always, always heard these stories growing up. And, you know, I, I just didn't realize what was going on at the time. And, you know, to know that someone was killed because they were a rat inside the NAACP. And, of course, you know, the FBI, they just took that and ran with it. But, you know, it started here. And then it was talks of 
a riot that was going to take place downtown New Haven. And it was just like, wow, like this, this is, this, this, this happened in New Haven, which sparked the FBI to be like, okay, well, you know, uh, Warren Kimbrough and Lonnie McLucas, you know, they were the alleged shooters, you know, and killers of this young man at the time. His name was, let me see. Rackley, let me get his whole name here. I don't want to be lying to you guys, but let me see. His name was Alex uh, Rackley. Rackley uh, was killed in Connecticut, and it started in the headquarters in New Haven. And then in the movie, they depict a person by the name of George Sams, and really he was the rat and mole in the end up in the black panther party which led to this national you know political campaign which jay edgar who at the time hated black people because he was really black and he hated himself sort of like hitler you know he hated jews jewish people i don't want to offend anybody he hated jewish people but he was really a jew jewish person himself which is which is ironic um and also, you know, it was it was said that the FBI had what's called the Co Intel Pro, which is counterintelligence program. And much they still have that. Basically they watching black people and making sure that we are in line with the racist rhetoric to keep us down. But the movie was really good. It was really insightful because I was already charged because, you know, Trump had already been acquitted in his impeachment trial with the Senate. And just to watch how people were really backing him and saying not guilty, knowing that he wanted this to happen. And then he goes to hide in his rabbit hole. And then the people who were involved, of course, you know, they get slapped on the wrist. And if you know anything about Colin Kaepernick, if you go to protest, well, not even protest. If you go to bring awareness, let's let's get that real. Colin Kaepernick did not protest anything on the field. Only thing he did was took a knee. So you can realize what's going on. You can ask him about it. He said, I'm bringing awareness to, you know, social injustice and police violence that's going on in America. And that's what he did. But he got blackballed because he was disrespecting the flag. The flag is just a material piece that people disrespect every day. Because if you look at the flag article, yes, the flag, the United States flag has an article, the way people wear it, which you're not supposed to, the way people put it on the ground, all types of manners in which they use it, but they use it as, you know, you're disrespecting the flag. Then when the flag wasn't, you know, good enough. And when you couldn't use that, all oh, you're disrespecting troops when actuality, he had consulted a troop. Because a troop, uh, uh, a war veteran or a Marine came to him and said, hey, listen, I understand what you're doing, but it is kind of disrespectful. And when we want to show respect and solidarity, you take a knee. And that's what he did. Because prior to that, Colin Kaepernick was just sitting on a bench. And that was his silent you know, stand at that time. But he took the advice of someone who was in his armed services, took a knee, and then he made a stand. But when you're watching people raid the Capitol and you're watching the FBI violate our civil rights, our private laws, 
And then they have a nerve to say, well, you know, hey, you, you know, you, you can't do that. And they're probably listening to me, which is fine. I'm just, I was just disgusted watching the movie because I was so mad. And that's why I do what I do, you know, and, and, and I always talking about being in power and leadership. That was never me. I didn't want to be in the role of leadership. I said, no, I don't want to be in that role. But when I kept watching our people get kicked, when I kept watching our people getting pushed down, our rights violated, I said, I have to do something. And that change has to start within me. And I have to join these organizations because we need to understand and we need people to speak for us, you know, because whenever we have terrorism happening in this country on our soil by Americans, the first thing they say is, well, this person is clinically insane. But when someone who's from an impoverished area who has to do what they have to do to survive because the funds that they're giving isn't adequate enough for them to sustain a life, then they get thrown in jail for something in small infractions. Now, am, am, am I saying that those that kill and murder are good? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not advocating no type of murder whatsoever. But what I am saying is that when you leave someone in a situation to fend for themselves, they're going to do the best thing they can do to survive. And that's why I always talk with my clients and, you know, faculty about the importance of coping skills versus surviving. When you're living in the hood, urban areas, whatever you want to call it, the slums, you learn to survive. You don't learn to cope. You think you are coping, but drinking, drugging, you know, robbing, killing people just so you can get on, that's surviving. And again, I'm, I'm not knocking anyone who does these things because some people, they do these things um, minus the murder, you know, minus the harsh home invasions. People do these things to survive, you know, to sell drugs and to take drugs and whatever type of substances that they need to use in order to be ahead of the game, if you will. But that doesn't get mentioned. So I'm watching this beautifully put together movie, even though I was getting pissed watching the Judas and the Black Messiah, saying that we're still dealing with this to this day. We have people, we have evidence that shows how America has treated us, but again, we still get the short end of the stick. And that is what pisses me off because this is not a hundred years ago. This is not, you know, a thousand years ago. This is not even, you know, uh, 80 years ago. This is 50 years ago. Now going on, you know, uh, 55 years. But just to know that this was still taking place and the way this man was shot down. Anytime a person of color taking the stand of bring people together, they are assassinated and killed. And J. Edgar Hoover, wherever he may be, fuck him. I'm going to say that again. Fuck him. Because the way he tore up the black families is such a disgrace because he hated himself. And that's usually what happened is self-hatred. You know, self-hatred spews a lot of ignorance. Because he hated himself, he wanted to hate someone else because he was really black and he didn't like that because he wanted to be considered a white male and he didn't want that associated with him. You know, look it up. You know, of course, they're going to hide in, you know, the media that he was black, but we know the truth. So he destroyed Malcolm X. He destroyed uh, 
Fred Hampton, Martin Luther King, um, Stokely Carmichael, Black Panther Party. I mean, I can go on. You know, um, Megar Everett. So many people who were trying to do the right thing, who were afforded the rights of liberty, were not given the rights of liberty. And that's the sad part. That's the part that really makes me sad because a lot of these people were supposed to be giving their liberties, but it was taken away from them by someone who hated himself. So he forced and tricked the rest of the, I don't want to say the world, America, to think that black people are scum on earth. But they really weren't because our culture and our imprint is all over the world. You know, when you look at fashion, Music, I mean, come on, hip-hop is one of the biggest genres in the world. And guess where that was started? It was started in the Bronx by Cool Herc at a party at the time when the Bronx was literally on fire. It was like Beirut, they they say. I mean, buildings were in shambles, rubbles everywhere. But we still were able to create something. And I think that America looks at black people and say, well, hey, but you got through that. So you should be able to get through this. Like, don't like, why are you so mad? You know, you were able to get through everything else that America throwing at you. So what's another, you know, thing that we can throw at you and you can take it. Just 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 come on. And then you got people saying, well, as a white man, I feel offended. I'm afraid for my life. Well, you're afraid because now you get caught on your bullshit. You need to recognize your privilege. If you know your privilege, then you need to take your privilege and use it in a positive manner. I'm not saying you got to save the world, but just call it what it is. If someone says you're getting more because of your race, then acknowledge it. Yes, I am. Then you help someone if you can. But don't say, oh, well, don't put me in this category because we're treating you bad and you're benefiting off of it. You're benefiting off of someone else being in a place of oppression but when someone calls you out when you're bullshit, you get pissed in that. You damn right I'm oppressed that issue. And I had a lot of friends, people that I know on Facebook, let me just put that, who are afraid to admit that. They but they want to talk about black people robbing, stealing, you know, um, doing little, you know, selling drugs. But they don't want to talk about the system that was put in place so these things could happen that they could be in prison for almost the rest of their life. So the industrial complex can continue to thrive and, and, and become a private entity so that they can make more money on a stock market. But they don't want to talk about that though, because again, off the backs of minorities, that's how the prison system thrives. And that's how people continue to get money. And that's what it is. You know, even when the whole thing about GameStop happened a few weeks ago with the stocks and, People were getting money. The um, Nasdaq and you know all of Wall Street shut that down because the average people beat them at their game. The one percent wanted to stay rich. People found the loophole, beat them to it, and they were pissed. But I loved it though. I loved every bit of it. I loved how people came together, black, white, green, yellow, and said, "Hey." We poor out here. Let's come together. Let's let's do something that is going to make sure we are okay. 
And they didn't like that. Of course they didn't, but it is what it is. But I watched Judas and the Black Messiah, and I said, wow, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. We still have a long way to go. But again, I continue to admire the chairman, the chairman, Fred Hampton. He was 21 years old at this time. 21 years old, so young. And he'd been involved for three years at this time, probably four. But just just pushing the agenda of equality. I want my people to be in a place of paradise. Like I want us to get what we deserve. And this goes back to the book that I read by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Where do we go from now? And he was talking about Chicago. He was talking about how Chicago was so divided. You know, you can get a place in the south side of Chicago where it was the slums and you got to pay double what you would pay versus someone who lived in the outskirts. And they paying close to peanuts because of where they live at, because of their skin color. And even now, you know, there's still little microaggressions and asking about credit. Everything that we still have to deal with as black and brown people. But I think we work the hardest because we understand our place in America and we understand that we are judged before we even open our mouths. We we are judged before you even get to see our credit score, our bank accounts. We are judged because America wanted it to be that way and Americans continue to live that way. Not all, but some. They still live by that same principle like, well, you can't trust them. Because of what? You know, you, you you take two bad things that happen, or a few, and they use that and they paint it and they plaster it all over the place. But you, in this country, gangsters are, 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 are everything. White gangsters are everything in this country. Not black ones, though. White gangsters are everything. The mob is... Movies made about them. Hollywood eats that shit up. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Bonnie and Clyde. You know. Billy the Kid. I can keep going on and on and on. America loves white gangsters. And they're going to plaster. And they say, oh, that's that's our culture. That's tough. That's grit. They kept going. They kept crying. No, they murdered people. That's what they did. That's what they did. And I love how, you know, some white people, you know, they call it what it is. Listen, no. Bonnie and Clyde murdered innocent people as they robbed banks. And they should not be celebrated. It should be the cops or the authorities who shut them up because it's not fair. Like, if if they if no one else can do that, then why can't we? You know, John Dillinger, another one. They, they named the gun after him. I mean, America loves white thugs because it makes them comfortable because they don't pose a threat to them. But someone like Fred Hampton, who is doing something for his people, he doesn't want to hurt no one. He's nonviolent approach. So is Martin Luther King. He just want equality. And they kill him. That's because he's going to start a revolutionary war. No, he's not. He's going to put you in your place. 
to show you all the bullshit that you placed in front of everyone's face. We're going to throw it back at you and say, huh, here's your bullshit. And you need to sort through this because we want ours. Whatever you want to do with you. Okay, cool. But, but for ours, we need some reciprocity. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that. They were called out on their bullshit. But I digress because I can keep going on, but it's a great movie. But what I'm saying to anyone that's listening who is not a person of color, know your privilege. I'm going to say it again. Know your privilege. Understand what is going on. Don't just look at the news and TV and say, oh, well, you know, they're killing because they're bad people. Again, are there bad people everywhere? Of course. But just remember, the media only going to show you less than 10% of the truth. They're not going to show you that the reason that we have the the free breakfast programs in America and the free lunch program is because of the Black Panther Party. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you that, you know, it's a lot of services that were put in place because the Black Panthers made it possible. They're not going to tell you that. What they're going to tell you is that these people killed, they threatened people, and they shot cops. Well, most of the time they were defending themselves as they were getting shot and murdered and assassinated by cops. But they don't want to tell you that part, though. That's the part that America doesn't want to tell you because they got blood on their hands. And I love this country. I think it affords us great opportunities. But what I won't do is lie about and say what America loves isn't what's crooked about this country. And I start up top. Again, you don't think that Hollywood isn't perpetrating everything that the agenda wants to be said and sold? But that's fine. But what I'm telling you is really do your homework and research. Many, many, many things are going on. And this movie placed in black history and it was take down, you know, uh, 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 the chairman, he was assassinated before he was assassinated. He was drugged by an informant, you know, William O'Neill, who ended up later committing suicide after his documentary came out. Cause he probably was too much of a coward. He seen that he blood was on his hands. Greed led to it. And like many factions of the black Panther party movement, they were infiltrators because they wanted to find out what, what was going on. And then when they found out that it wasn't as bad as they thought it was, you know, we're going to imprison uh Huey P Newton because we don't want this, this thing, this this person who can have this much power being this much power, so we're going to imprison him. Then when that didn't work, they infiltrated it, and they made sure that he died. They made sure that he died. They made sure that um, Stokely Carmichael died as well, murdered, assassinated. And that's what happened to great leaders, great African-American leaders, I should say. You know, If you're black or brown, you're getting assassinated. They don't like it, but... Your legacy lives on. And that's why I love, you know, you know, like keep keep pushing. Black Panthers, they were before me. You know what Hollywood tried to do, they they came out with uh the the Black Panther, which was a comic book, which was written by Stan Lee because he wanted to show 
that they were black superheroes as well. That's what, you know, I try to tell people don't look at the hate of that and say, oh, you know, they try, they don't want to show the real side of the black. Pan no, no. Understand why Stanley created the Black Panther because he wanted to show the 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 wealth and knowledge that black people had. But that's another story. That's another day. But the Black Panther did so much for our country that it resonated throughout the world. And we can't forget that. We can't let their name die in vain because what Fred Hampton, Stokely Carmichael, Huey P. Newton did, Asada Shakur, I could keep going on and on. What they did, they wanted to create a space where we were treated equally. And we did what we need to do to protect our cities and our people by any means necessary. If you can protect yours, we're going to protect ours. And I also love the song that, you know, Jay-Z and Nipsey Hussle created. And they made, again, beautifully written. And it's sad that Nipsey Hussle isn't here with us as he was assassinated. Unfortunately, by a black man, due to ignorance, you know, we, we, we all feel that it was something else. But another time, another day, needless to say, the brother's not here with us to share the fruits of his labor and to see his children grow up and grandkids. His life was cut short. His life was cut short like many other leaders, many other powerful Black and brown leaders, their children don't get a chance to see them. And they don't get the chance to see the fruit of their labor. Same with brother Fred Hampton. His son was born, didn't even get a chance to meet his father. He wasn't even born when his father was assassinated. But he has the great stories that his mother told that she was there that day. PTSD, but no one wants to talk about that. Martin Luther King Jr., his family, Malcolm X, again, black leaders who were viciously uh, sought out like dogs and executed. Powerful. Powerful when you think about it. These pressures putting on these people, but they still keep rising. That's why I said black people, we are gods, man. We are created in his image. And when you create it in someone's image and you share the resilience and power, people don't like that. Jealousy is real. But I'm going to leave it there. But I just had to come and talk about that because I, I was just so touched by this movie. And I'm going to interview some people that were there. I want to talk to my aunt who was there. Um, my aunt Celeste, she has a wealth of knowledge. So I'm going to call her. And, I, and I'm going to do a podcast with her because she needs to be on this. And we're going to talk about it, man. I'm going to be podcasting. All freaking day, probably. I'm going to be, you know, doing what I love to do. I'm going to make sure that my voice is heard. And for the people that like and love and listen to me, I'm going to make sure that I keep putting these podcasts out because I got a lot to say. And again, check out Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast under Professional Sutton or Marquette Sutton. Also, Sutton Like That, the podcast that you're tuning into right now. M E M N him H I M him M and him because my lady Myra and I'm Marquette. So I didn't want to say M and him, so I put M and him. Pretty dope. So I'm 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 gonna be all over. I'm gonna be all over. Also, I'm gonna have another podcast with the uh, counseling counselors association. 
we're gonna talk about being a counselor and, and what that's like and giving out some tips so i'm gonna be all over the place so you're gonna hear my voice a lot so thank you for tuning into another episode of something like that episode 52 and i'm out